I tell you, but it, it, got, it got so good to me today when I was studying this and, and a couple of weeks before I even knew I was going to be up here. I was studying because I stay in God's word because I know I can't do nothing without it. I can't church. I'm telling you, it's changing me so much to, it, I, I, I don't even understand, but I thank God that I'm, I'm going to just press through and continue to study his word and read his word. Now, if you think the enemy, if the devil is your worst enemy, I'm going to tell you what James tells us. Chapter 3, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to brother the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse, in the horse mouth that they may obey us and we return about their whole body. Behold, all the ships which thou be so great, they are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small hymn. Wheresoever the governor listens. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts this great thing. Behold, how great a matter a little fire can kindle. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. Listen to it. Now, you think the enemy doing something to you, but the word of God said that tongue defiles your whole body. I'm telling you, we got to get a drip on our tongues because if not, I'm telling you, it just said defiles the whole body. And that's God's word. It ain't what Andy's saying. What Andy knows is what God said. And then it says, and set us on fire the course of the nature, and it sets on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and bird and serpent and of everything in the sea is tamed and have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Church, and, uh, I'm telling you, I, I, I examined myself and at one time whatever came up would come out. And then I got to reading the word of God and 2 Corinthians five seventeen. it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old thing, that cursing, that smoking, that drinking, that some of this and that, I had to stop it, church. But in order for me to stop it, I knew it was wrong, church, for a long many years. Because when I was a drug dealer out there, one day I got fed up. I had a pager. I never was a fool enough to make a deal on a phone, not even a pay phone. <laughs> so I got my pager and I threw it out across the woods. And I said, Lord, I done did this for so long until I'm about to make it right. I said, give me a sign. So I left where I was had my stash yet and went and stayed with this girl for about three days. And when I come back to church, my back door was kicked wide open. I had some Air Jones and some Rolex. I, I thought I was doing the thing back then. Air Jones and shoes, all every kind of shoe you could think of. And and you know, and it was so amazing. I asked the Lord to give me a sign. And you know what the only thing they got out of my house was the drugs. <laughs> I thank God, I really do, because that's what really set me free. And, and and then I called my pastor. He said, well, they finally kicked your door in. I'm like, how how you know this? He said, the Lord had been dealing with him two or three months about me. Because at one time, he made me the pro temp of the church. And he said, Andy, you don't have no choice. You can't say whether you want to be it or not. God told me to give you that job. 
And I was like, shoot, I ain't. That's next to the pastor. I don't want to be no pro temp. Shoot, I, I'm selling drugs, fooling with this woman, that woman, doing in drinking, cussing, just having a good time. That's all the world got to offer you is a good time. And I tell you, it, it, and, and the, the suffering that you have to pay to the end when you don't let it go, when God go to dealing with you to let it go and you don't let it go, in the hospital, on dialysis, all kind of things, all kind of diseases and things, because that's what the world had to offer. And a lot of times, church, what most people don't understand, before you say a word or before you do anything, what, what do you have to do? You have to think. And when you get to the point that you don't think it's just coming out, that means you, 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 you hooked up and wrapped up in this world because it doesn't become a natural to you. So it took me a long time, church, because I stayed hooked up in the world for about, oh, about 25, 27, almost 30 years. And I tell you, I had the system down, I thought. But when I prayed and asked the Lord to, Deliver me from selling drugs, and he did that. And I went back to my pastor, and he was telling me what had happened. He said, now, son, all you got to do is go to the uh, the store and get you two locks and and fix your door. He said, they didn't tear it up. They just kicked it in. And he, was, he knowed everything. So I knew then that God had put him in my life. But before all that happened, I asked God to give me a mentor. I lost my mother. I was mad at the world. I didn't care. I didn't even think it was no God no more. I got mad at the world, but something got that old-time religion or my grandmother's prayers and my mother's prayers got the stern in me. And I said, Lord, you got to send me a mentor. And he sent me uh, Pastor Sutton from Marvin, Arkansas. And that was the guy that told me everything that was going on and everything. Then he even told me that I was going to be an owner. I was like, shoot, now this man, I know God ain't done told you I'm going to be an owner. I don't even know nothing about owning nothing. And but guess what, church? After I stopped selling drugs about three days later, I was working for this glass company, and they called me in and said, Son, we want to know if you want to take over the business. And little faith that I had and been in the world all my life, I said, Shoot, yeah, yeah, I don't know what y'all talking about. I ain't running this business. I don't know about running no business. So then I, then she said, well, just, Andy, we know you've been reading your Bible and you've been praying. It's a, it's a blessing when you get a job and you can read your Bible and pray all the time. I had a job like that. God sent me to a job like that. And I, and I tell you what, church, yeah, that's when I really started learning God's word and reading the Bible because I really had to because before he made me the pro temp, the year before that, he made me the Sunday school teacher. And, boy, the first time I got up to teach, I'd have been out all night hopping and jumping and smoking and drinking and having a good time. I got up there. I got to call myself, telling them what the Sunday school manager said. He said, Brother Simpson, you need to sit down. You, you, you're going to lead the whole church to hell. Uh, you can't be no Sunday school teacher if you ain't going to study. And, man, I tell you what, it, it kind of embarrassed me, and it did embarrass me. For a little, I'm like, nah, in the world, he going to just put me on front street like that. And, boy, and I, got, and I got a little upset, church. I really did because I didn't have the word of God in me because now what I would have said, I said, Lord, forgive me. He know not what he said. But he probably didn't do what he was saying. I wouldn't have been doing what I was doing. So he was right. And I, and I thank God for him. And he gone to own the glory now. But the title of this, I will tell you again, don't let your tongue send you to hell. Because Brother James tells us that's the unruly and poisonous thing that we got. And I fooled around the other day and I said, well, Lord, if that's the poisonous thing, the tongue, I said, I need some scriptures on how to tame the tongue. 
And look out, church. You better get your pen and paper so you can be able to conquer this thing. Because if you don't conquer that tongue, I'm, I'm here to tell you, sitting on these pews and sitting in these cars and sitting in that church, it ain't going to get you there. You're going to have to get in God's word. And when a situation come up on you, you're going to have to put the word of God on that situation. Not 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 calling Pastor Jerry and Pastor Elaine and, and Brother and Donna and Thelma McRae and all them war prayer war. That's good. But until you get to know the word for yourself. Now, when you a baby, when you was in a baby, your mama give you a ball. I don't see no babies out here. It's time for us to step up and get that word out of hand and go to reading and meditating on it and speaking it and, and doing it. And, and, and I'm telling you, and, and things going to begin to happen around here. The first thing that says how to tame the tongue is speak no sin. See, a lot of times we talk about our brothers and sisters when they ain't looking. I don't see too many men and women that just come up to your face and just tell you what they got to say. Now they call that back, backbite. See, we got a lot of that bite, backbiting doing, but yet and still, we come here every Sunday and every Wednesday sitting on these pews and sitting in these cars. Then yet when we leave, they're all so-and-so, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, pastor this, pastor that. Church, we got to stop that. That's where it says, speak no sin. The word of God said what? That we should encourage one another. When you're talking about your brothers and your sisters and your pastors and the deacons and the angels and God, you ain't encouraging nobody. That's where that tongue becomes deadly. It says, speaking nothing sinful, for example, avoid lying. Boy, I tell you what, I could have probably wrote a chapter in the dictionary on lying. Boy, I had a lot of, t- if you would listen, I had a lot to tell you. Cursing. I'd get a few of them old butt-wisers and me and some of that old gin. Woo. I'm telling you, you thought I was a sailor and I ain't never been in nobody's army or nobody's service. Backbiting. Talking about one another when, they, when you ain't in the face. If you see your brother and sister in the area, you go to them and say, brother, sister. Can I tell you something? You don't do it right up here on the stage and around a whole group of people. You don't do that. And then if they don't accept that, what the Bible say, the Bible say, go get you two or three more sisters and brothers in faith, and y'all go and tell him his fault. Then if you don't, bring him to the church. That's the way we got to handle that kind of thing. That to stop a lot of that backbite now. And then it says, uh, avoid anything. That dishonor God. Uh, wrong your neighbor. So many times, church, what the, by the word of God said, what, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Church, we are all neighbors, and we need to love one another. Because my Bible tells me, love does what? Come on now, y'all. Yeah, say it again, brother. Had a multitude of sin. See, I'm telling you, in order to overcome this tongue, you got to get in that word and find out what to say. One of my prayers every morning when I wake up, I say, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in that sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeem. Lord, put God over my mouth that I may not sin against thee. Lord, let me have that I may have your word in my heart. Lord, that I may not sin against thee. You see, I just feel, and then I, then I go to old James. Old James, I tell you what, I like the book of James. Now, if you, you get ready for life and get ready to deal with life, you get into James, and James will straighten you out. And your old James said, what? James, and you know, it made so much sense. James said, what? Be quick to hear. 
slow to speak. And then, and then you won't have to worry about what happened behind what you said when you do that, church. So many times we don't do that. And I'm telling you, a lot of times when you're slow to speak, you got time to think. I remember when Jesus was on the cross between the two thieves. Oh, they were just saying this and saying that. I remember when they, um, they brought the adulterous woman into Jesus. He just, he didn't say that. He didn't say very much. While they were yapping and talking, he just wrote down in the ground. Then he looked up at him and he said, he would that first sin, cast the first stone. And boy, can you imagine what everybody did? They disappeared. That's the way we got to be, church. We can see them. We can see them in the wrong. And we can see all that, but we don't have to cast the stone because the word of God tells us that what? Before we can get the plank out of our eye, before we can get the moat out of our eye, what? We got to. Get the plank out uh, the moat out of our brother's eye. We got to get the plank out of our eyes. We blind, church. And I'm here to tell you, so the first thing in order to tame the tongue is speak no sin. Second one is speak to edify. To edify. See, so many times we don't edify. We try to crucify, but we don't even try. But when, when we crucify, we need to crucify this flesh, our own flesh, not nobody else's flesh. Because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I'm here to tell you, church, we can do that. Speak to edify. Don't speak idle words that do not profit edify. The Bible says, let your word be seasoned with grace as with salt. Back then, them old days, back then, them smoke houses, when you get ready to cure that meat, they put salt on it. And you know them flies wouldn't get near it. So when they say that, when you season with salt, you don't want to, you, that, don't say evil and don't say mean things. Say kind things. That we, you know, we need to love one another. Christ has loved us. Then the third one uh, says, speak little. That means don't say very much. Sometimes when you just talk too much, because I'm telling you, church, before I got saved and before I put the word of God on these lips, it was a mess. I was a mess. I promise you, I was a mess. If it come up, if it came up, it come out. She said, "Speak very little," and we we know James one nineteen said, "What? Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath." That's a good scripture. If you're talking too much, say that every morning, and I guarantee you, before you know it, something will be wanting to come up and come out, and it won't even come out. It might come up, but it ain't gonna come out. And then at first, what it'll do, you get half of it out, and then it feel like you're choking. <laughs> that's when you know the spirit got you. That's when you know the word is being rooted down deep inside. And I like it when that word goes getting rooted deep inside. And then Proverbs 10, 19 says, there is sin, there is sin in the multitude, in a lot of words. In the multitude of words. That's what sin is in the multitude of words. So if you're doing a lot of talking, you're doing a lot of sinning. So, Let's try to keep it a little quiet and and, 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 and watch what God can do with that. And then it says, speak with restraint. With restraint. That means what I was just saying. It, it might come up, but don't let it come out. And boy, and then that's, that's when that word and, and, and when then your mouth, he, he, he transformed you. You're being transformed then. It says, speak little. And then it goes on, speak with restraint, what you say, and 
when you restrain something, it's what you say and how you say it. Because Proverbs 15, 1 say what? Grievous words, what? Stirs up wrath. But what? <laughs> Proverbs 15, 1 say, uh, <laughs> says, the soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up a lot of wrath. So if nothing else, say a kind word, say a soft word. That's when you're restraining yourself. Boy, because I heard a lady the other day, woo, I almost cussed them out. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, thank the Lord that you didn't. And then it says, number four, number five, it says, speak with kindness. Don't let your neighbor be your talk. Every time you leave, talking about sister this, sister that, and she need to sit down, she need to do that. And what I probably would tell you, you need to just be quiet. There's a lot you need to do, but I believe I just you just need to be quiet. Just pray for your sisters and your brothers. I'm telling you, the prayers of the righteous, what? A village much. And I'm telling you, church, when we can learn those things and do those things, life is going to get so much better and so much easier for us. And then we won't blame the devil for everything. Don't get me wrong. That rascal, now, he, he's something. Now, but he do his job, but we don't do our job. See, if we use our tongue rebuking the devil, then we'll have a wholesome tongue. If we use our tongue rebuking the, the devil and praising God, things will begin to happen and things will be changed in the end and throughout our life and wherever we go. It says, speak without haste. Don't be so quick to say what you got to say. Don't, in other words, don't speak before you think. See, as I said, when the, the two... Thieves was on the cross. Jesus looked up and he said, forgive them. They know not what they say. So sometimes, church, when people are talking and saying something, just say, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they say. Get that into your spirit. And I tell you, when things begin, because I know one thing. You ain't going to catch a person just talking to themselves. If you don't say nothing to them, I bet they ain't going to talk to themselves. If they do, you need to get them on the bed in Arkansas. They got a crazy folks home up there. You get them on up there, and, and that's what you do instead of talking about them. You'll help them by taking them somewhere to get them some help. Says most people think how they feel, and the old saying is, "What comes up, come out." But Proverbs fifteen twenty eight says, "The heart of the righteous think carefully before answering." That's the heart of the righteous; it thinks before it speaks. So my thing would be before I would tell you all, speak with not haste. Don't be so quick to speak, because. Psalms 119.11 say what? If we had the word of God in our heart, what? That we may not sin against thee. So when you put that word in your heart and had that word in your heart, it'll have you say, forgive them. They know not what they say. You won't have to correct them or do anything. Let God does it. Let God do it. We should always listen. Ecclesiastes 5 and 2 said we should always listen. And listen to what fire two said. Be not in a hurry with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. I'm telling you, church, there's so many times that we just learn that that tongue is what got us in more, more bigger shape and harm than the devil do. Our mouth. 
And I tell you, when I was reading this and studying this, it was so it was just so informing, informative. It says, speak in faith. See, Romans 4.17 said what? Oh, my back hurt. It don't say to be hollering, my back hurt, my neck hurt, you know. My, my, my cabinets don't have no food. And it said, speak those things as though they are not as though they are. That's how you speak in faith. You got to hope and believe what God's word says. Don't worry about the situation. Or don't worry about the difficulties that you're in. Know God's word. Say it. Amen. Amen. So to say it. And then the next one says, speak in boldness. Well, when I, when, I, when, I, when I thought about boldness, I thought about Peter and them, when they, how Peter was spoken boldness and, and people didn't understand. But then when he spoke in boldness, it, it says, I think it's Matthew's, what is it, speaking boldness? What we say and how we say it, that's the wrong one. Oh, yeah, it is. 2 Corinthians 4.13. I believe and therefore I have spoken. See, that's the key. Speak what you want. Believe it and speak it, and then they, the old saying say you'll receive it. So many times we're not speaking it. So so many times when things are happening in our life, we need to examine what we're saying. Because whether it's good or bad, you're going to get it. You reap what you sow, good or bad. That's what my Bible tells me. And then it goes on down, and then it says, and, and the, same, the same words is in Psalm 116.10. Then we go on down, and it says, Number eight, it says, speak prayerfully. Take your cares and burdens to the Lord for he cares for you. Because he said what? My burdens are light and what? Come on now, church. All right, come on then. There you go. I got a sister on front there. She know the word. That's why she got that glow up on her. I'm telling you, that God will put that glow up on you when you put that word in you. And one of mine, what I would always pray every morning, Lord, I would always say, oh, Lord, open my mouth and help me to know what to say and give me a word in season. Sometimes it ain't the right time to say what you got to say, church. That's why it's so important that you let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. The Holy Spirit, you might, whatever you know might be the truth, but it might not be the right time. Because if you're going to say it in a rude way, a harsh way, being mad is not the right time. That's why it says in season. When you get your little old feeling hurt, keep your mouth shut. That's the best thing you can do when you, when you get your little feeling hurt. Keep your mouth shut. Because the word of God says be angry but sin not. Now, when you get your little feeling hurt and you be angry, you can get mad. But don't give them a piece of your mind. Uh, you fool around there, you be... Give them a piece of your mind. One morning you need that mind and you won't have it. You done gave it all away. Because, see, my Bible tells me that if we keep our mind staying up on Jesus, see, you need to keep your mind staying up on Jesus. When you keep your mind staying up on Jesus, he what? Give you perfect peace. You know, and, and I'm telling you, that word of God is just so alive in me and I love it. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I challenge anybody to. Read the word in the morning, read the word at night, and, and watch your whole life be changed. Everything around you be changed. I'm not saying you're not going to have no problem. Because James tells us here on earth, what, we're going to have trials and tribulations. But I tell you what, when you have those trials and tribulations, you'll just be smiling. No, no, this too shall pass. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And, you know, I'm, I, I love it when you go in, when I can see a brother or sister going through something. They just, oh, it's going to be okay. 
Everything going to be okay. And I'm telling you, church, when we put the word of God in us, it will be okay because you have a word in that season to say what, what's going on. So the word says, speak prayerfully. And then the nine says, speak wisely. Speak wise. When you're speaking wisely, um, what you got to do then, what I've been telling you, you got to read. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Richly in all wisdom, teaching and encouraging one another. That's what we got to do, church. We got to love one another. When we loving on you, you can't be mad that you're not. Love and mad ain't even in the same sentence. So a lot of times, you know, and then what? Perfect love, what? Cast out all fear. And I'm telling you, we just need to learn how to love more and speak wisely. And encourage one another, or else what? Keep your mouth shut. Oh, Judge Judy used to say, zip your lip. <laughs> I used to love to look at Judge Judy. She said, zip your lip. <laughs> Sometimes, church, we got to zip our lip. Yeah. And number 10 say, speak in the fear of God. Speak in the fear of God. And Psalms 12, 4 says, as there is eating without fear, so is there speaking without fear. Like when we go we speak without fear, it means speak God's word, reference Him. Then we go on to number eleven. It says, "Speak with kindness. Speak with kindness. Don't let your neighbors be your talk. We are not to bite, bite, bite back with our tongue." And then Psalms fifteen three say, "Show your neighbor his faults, and not to others." So in other words, go to your neighbor and say, well, I heard this, I heard that, I seen you doing this, I seen you doing that. And then the Bible says if that neighbor don't want to hear that, what you do? You shake the dust off your feet and you move on. But I'm here to tell you, when you move on, go to your prayer closet and pray for them some more. And then number 12, church, and we're going to end here in a little bit here. we got about five, ten more minutes. It says, speak. Without self-praise. See, that's what happened to the devil. He got kicked out of heaven. Thought he was better than God. And sometimes, church, we'll walk around here because you got a nice brick home, got a Lexus, you got a Cadillac, you got a Mercedes, you got all these things. And don't know the word of God. Say, these things are just temporary. Just here for a little while. For a little while. He blessed you to have it. See, my Bible tells me he, he he blessed you to be a blessing. Church, in my lifetime, since I've been going to Victory, I, didn't, I gave away a pickup and I gave away four cars. And I can promise you, it ain't never a day go by that I need a ride. God honors what we do when we do it from the heart. And, I, you know, I just thank God because I know that I'm a blessing to be a blessing. And I'm telling you, when you go to a blessing to be a blessing and do what God says do, things will work out for you. But the key to this is what? Don't let your tongue send you to hell. The, the biggest thing, on the littlest thing in our body is our tongue. And that's what the biggest member that causes us to sin is our tongue. So if you would, I would probably open up in prayer every morning. Lord, put God over my mouth that I may not sin against thee. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My strength and my redeemer. Lord, 
help me that I may have your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And, you know, put the word of God on your tongue and watch God change your church. I, I, I'm a living witness. I used to rather talk than to eat. But now I'd rather eat than talk, and I thank God for that. And the key to everything is the golden rule that it works. Love your Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we do that, church, we won't have these problems with our tongue, and we'll see things begin to happen into our life. Our bank account, you have to get you another one because the bank say, well, we ain't got no room in this bank. Go get you another one. You have more cars, cars in your yard, and then you see your sister or brother walking. You say, huh, here go the keys. Get this car. See, we got to do more of that, church, in order to do the things that God has for us to do because we, we get stingy and we just get to want to harder all these things. These things ain't here to harder. Ain't nowhere in the world one man can drive five or six vehicles. Get away and watch and see what God will do. We got to start giving and loving more than, we, than anything. And I tell you what, things will begin to happen and things will begin to change. Well, I thank God for another opportunity, and I pray that I spoke a word that made you examine yourself, because when I was examining myself with my mouth probably about 15 years ago, all these scriptures just came to me, and, I, and I, I'm going to tell you, um, Leonard Ford, he said, son, get some scriptures to put on your mouth. I said, man, I just, I don't even be wanting to say it, and it come out. And, and Leonard Ford told me, he said, Find you some scriptures. I said, well, give me a couple of them. Then I look for Now he said, no, you've grown. You find your own. And I like that. Because so many times we think the pastor is supposed to do, do for us. And pastor, all that God tells the pastor to do is bring the word. And then it's for us to come together and with unity and do all those other things. We got, we got, we got it all mixed up. And, and I can understand how it's mixed up because when I was in the world, it was like that. So it just let me know that we got too much of the world in us and not enough of God in us. And church, let's get more of God in us and then the world won't have to worry about this world no more.